Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Vicarious Living, welcome back to the podcast, welcome back kids, welcome back Pat, how are you? I'm doing good, how are you? I am doing fantastic as we dig into part four, our final part, Beverly Hills, are you ready? I'm so ready. Monday record, little tough, not our usual night. Good thing we're bringing the energy. But we're banking a couple because you're flying across the pond. Yeah, we, right now as it stands, I'm sitting on three podcasts. Wow. Content. I'm rich. rich with pod. I'm rich with content right now. So um, when we bang this out, I will just be like, I I can't imagine like Dawson's Creek. They were talking about how they filmed that entire first season before they aired it. Can you imagine sitting on all that content gold in the world, not even seeing it? It's making me anxious thinking about it. Yeah, so um, fuck, we are just bagging content. So yeah, I'm I'm London bound. I'm gonna be gone for about ten days, probably just becoming like super cultured and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably come back and just like be way better than everyone, a la Brandon. Yeah, you be coming back. <laughs> we will get to him though. We will. Brandon does to live him. his life like as if he's fresh off a European vacation, at all times. Yeah. I'm surprised Brandon doesn't just move to fucking France and like he's just got French bullshit in his mouth all day, twenty four seven. We'll get to him. Yeah, get the baguette cool. out of your mouth, Brandon. You fucking suck. Housekeeping, vicarious living pod at gmail dot com and vicarious living podcast on Instagram. Email us. Slide in. Say kids, no. get at us. Get at us, kids. Thirty dollars on the baseball tees. Twenty dollars on the text. Forty dollars on the hooded sweatshirts. Get at us for any of said swag. Okay, Bev Hills. What we did on this part four of this pod is we decided we wanted to do the finale of season one. That was priority numero uno. Let's wrap it up. Wrap up season one. And then we were like, but there's no fucking way we didn't want a little dessert Mm -hmm. at the end. We'd be remiss. We would be so effing remiss if we didn't give a little dessert in our mouths in the form of a Kelly a Kapowski. She was the cherry on top of our 90210 Sunday. I am going to try and keep my shit in check. Um, to be completely honest, it's going to be tough, but yeah, I am going to do it. This is a kid it. show. I mean, it's kid show. It's for the kids. We do it for the kids. L- let's just do this. We'll do the entire finale. We'll keep our shit in check. And then when we get to that cherry on top at the end where we watch that episode of fucking Tiffany Amber Thiessen, mm-hmm. kids, parental advisory time because the wheels are going to fucking come off <laughs> and the boners are going to come out. Spoiler alert. Okay. So should we get into the finale of Beverly Hills right now, Pat? Are you ready? I have literally nothing else to do. Let's do it. Let's get a clip. Should we start a clip? Yeah. Because the biggest thing going on in this episode is that Brandon's dad has got job opportunities. Yeah. He's got stuff popping at work. 
So let's play a clip of a little parent drama where Brandon's dad finds out that he's going to get a promotion going back to Minneapolis. Here it is. I've been promoted to executive vice president. You get the job done, big guy. Oh, that's just one wrinkle. Oh, well, so what? The job's back in Minneapolis. Minneapolis? Yeah. Took me by surprise, too. Minneapolis? Yeah, just be like going home. Minneapolis? Vague on the promotion. Um, Vague on what he does for a living. Oh, yeah. All I wrote down was he was promoted to executive vice president dot 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 of business <laughs> <laughs> all we know about his job is that he wears suspenders in a suit and he sits at an office uh-huh he also has a gigantic bowl of jelly beans on his desk it's probably why i got the promotion it could be the jelly beans or it could be the work that his watch and sleeves are doing trying to contain his fucking wrist hair yeah i think they just want a really hairy man up in upper management just make sure that company's guided to where it needs to go i'm convinced that mr walsh this fucking no-name actor was cast specifically because of how hairy his wrists are yeah well if you think about it in a teen drama you need a hairy dad oh yeah so he fits the bill. He's a hairy dad. Get him in. But I'm just, I'm not sure who has hairier knuckles and forearms. It's going to be like a photo finish to that hairy knuckle finish line between Mr. Walsh and Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Lots been said about Robin Williams' knuckles on this show. <laughs> I mean, it is outrageous how hairy this guy's forearms are. I just, I, I the only thing I was thinking about him, too, on the... He has the worst intro package of all time because the two clips that they show on his intro package, the first one is him sitting like a dunce at his electric guitar. Struggling with it. And then the second one is him shooting baskets outside with the most ill-fitting gray t-shirt of all time coupled with the most egregious pit stains. It's bad. In history. It's bad. I This episode kind of threw me off with a dad because, like, if you think about it, the, well, the, the basic plot of the, the show is they go from Minneapolis. He gets a promotion or a new job. Yep. I think he's working in the same company. So, seemingly, he gets a promotion within his company. Business that's company. His business company. <laughs> that sends, business Incorporated. <laughs> that sends him out to Los Angeles, the place they decide to live the neighborhood is the most expensive zip code in the entire country Mm -hmm. so in my mind it's like this dad is loaded like he's basically towards the top of some huge multinational company and he just decides let's move the family out to california this episode's making it seem he is very much buried in middle management So it's like, I, it kind of threw me for a loop because I had just assumed that the dad was like making very good cash and that money wasn't really a big deal. And now it's like he's getting a promotion, not to the CEO of the company, but just like another rung up the ladder and they're forcing him to move within a year back to Minneapolis. Yeah, this company's outrageous and they're offering him. So the wild thing that happened too on top of that was that he... He turned down the promotion. 
initially. Right. And then they did a family vote, which we'll get to. Let's we'll That's get why to that. turns it down. We'll get, we'll we'll get to that. Um, they did a family vote, though, and he called the guy to say that he's not going to accept the promotion. And then the boss on the phone just goes, all right, Walsh, I'll double it. That's how you negotiate. <laughs> so, so yeah, to your point, he's literally gone from getting shipped out to Beverly Hills, the most expensive zip code in the entire country, and then get shipped back in under a year. And just because he says no, they just double his salary. The point is, the career trajectory that this guy is on in the last four and a half months is... I'm going to be shocked if he's not making a billion dollars by the time he's 50. If this continues. <laughs> like, what's like, going on with this job? What's going on with this company? I have a lot of questions. It makes no sense on the company. Did By the way, did you think this family was super loaded like throughout this whole show? No. No. no? You just thought they were like struggling in I'd Beverly Hills? I thought they were like upper... Like, I thought they were on the low side of that zip code. So... I think, yes, he got a promotion to go out to Beverly Hills, and obviously he's doing well because he can afford to live in Beverly Hills, but I thought they were on the lower end. They're not as rich as, like, Steve's mom, who's an actress, or, like, Kelly's parents, coke-addicted parents. I mean, smart real estate. Smallest house in the best neighborhood. Yeah. Nice. That's that's correct. I, I thought he was, like, a small fish in a really rich big pond. Yeah, that makes sense. I think he's got a very much a vibe of like keeping up with the Joneses right. because he's like on the lower end of that Beverly Hills totem pole. So I think you get a double salary. First off, you're going to always want to take that. And then second off, like you see how rich everyone else is. And like, I think you just want to keep up. Um, either way, how, how he handles it with his kids, he gives them anonymous votes, family vote, family vote. And uh, everyone says they want to stay, which I don't blame them. Honestly, if I were in high school and my parents like wanted to move me away, I'd be so fucking pissed. Yeah. Well, I felt like they almost downplayed how dramatic this would be. Oh, yeah. I would be wigging out. By the way, the anonymous family vote goes something like this. Has four folded slips of paper. (laughs) (laughs) Opens them one at a time. And he goes, okay, that's a stay. (laughs) <laughs> another stay uh, ooh, one for take the job yeah and then the fourth one is and that's stay. my own handwriting <laughs> um so that's three stays and uh one take the job honey i thought you were on my side with this that was the worst first off that's the unanimous vote that's yeah. the unanimous family vote yeah or the i should say the anonymous not unanimous there's so vote. much to unpack with that one You've got to be on the same page with your wife before going into a family vote. Yeah. I mean, that's how I, that's politics 101. You pull your wife aside and you just say, hey, look, here's what happened. So let me explain you, the adult, what went down with like getting a promotion. Let's you and I make an adult decision first before we bring it to the kids. Mm-hmm. And then let's get on the same page right. versus you tell your wife at the same time you tell your kids. Right. That was fucking weird. Point two. You do an anonymous... There's four people in this family. It's not like you've got 10 kids. So, like, an anonymous vote is null and void. Right. It's pointless. So, that was weird. He had everyone write down their 
uh, answers on a piece of fucking paper, idiot. This dad is fucking dumb as shit, dude. <laughs> I, he says he wants to run his family like a do- democracy, but like the key is the illusion of the democracy. So pull the wife aside. Yeah. Get on the same page and then take it to a vote. So the third point that I was going to make too is yes, to go to put myself in the kids' shoes though. I just wrote, there would be nothing worse than having to move out of high school and all my friends and shit because it would just blow ass. Yeah, to like, like have to remake friends with all your old friends and like, hey, you guys remember me? <laughs> but then the fourth thing I wrote down was, now I'm back in the dad's shoes and like if you ever, I would do a lot, a lot for two times salary. Mm-hmm. Like what are what are most promotions you've gotten in life? Oh, yeah. You, sometimes, like, at the same company, they'll bump you up, like, 10% at a time, maybe. That's it's aggressive. Like, that's really aggressive. That's It's so, basically to just... That's enough, a, enough so that you want to stay there. So... Not enough to make you fucking rich all of a sudden. For <laughs> me, I think, I think uh, the percentages on average are, like, it's 10 to 15% if you leave your company and go to a new company. And if you stay at your current company... A normal promotion is somewhere between like, like around like five percent. That's always blown my mind. By the way, on you just don't get rewarded for being no. loyal. No, that's why. Like, it's a lesson for the kids. I did a lot of jumping around early on to just get those big jumps, and then like for me, I just reached like a bottom level of where I wanted to be to be comfortable, and then I really got stagnant. <laughs> it's like now I'm cool with the three percent and five percent bumps, like whatever. Uh, I don't need the big 15% bumps because uh, I just want to get lazy at this point. So, yeah, I can't even imagine if they offered you double your salary. I feel like I would just <laughs> tell the kids, I'd be like, hey, sorry, I know this sucks. You got to make all new friends and get out of your school and everything, but like tough shit. All right, here's a, here's a question for you. What city in America would you live in for double your salary? Would you live in like a Des Moines? What about like a... Not uh, now, no. Double. Do you no. live in like uh for how some long? place in Arkansas? For how long? Like, or is there a time limit to it? If it's like two years, then I'd do it. Yeah. If there's an end to it, yeah. But if it's like, hey, in perpetuity, you got to move to fucking Nebraska, I'd be like, no. Yeah, I mean, there's no defined end. You could always quit at some point and get a new job. I don't know, dude. Would you? Double? Double to live in Des Moines? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would. If you asked me that five years ago, I would have said yes. Because I was making jack shit five years ago. And you were a go-getter. Barely. Um, okay, should we move on? Should we get off of him and move on? Uh, yeah, there is just one thing, just to make sure I don't forget. During the meeting, uh, or actually no, right? When the... Uh, the dad tells the family that he got a promotion. Brennan calls him big guy. You get the job done, big guy. Congrats, big guy. I feel like that one comment is a microcosm of his personality. Okay, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna I'm gonna do a lot of teases to lay him out. Brandon sucking. Okay. That's one. That clip right there, Brandon blows. That's one. There's another one. Where like Brandon's smug attitude comes into play again. And it's when like obviously Brenda's confused on like why they have to leave. So she's like 
Dad, why do we have to go? And then Brandon offers this clip. Opportunities like this don't come knocking every day. Just because someone knocks doesn't mean you have to open the door. I mean, you drilled that into me 10 years ago when you read me Snow White. Brenda, in business, it's move up or move out. Oh, thanks, Brandon. Big man. Fucking douche. Like, okay, so that's the second clip. Again, I'm just going to keep building it, but I just want the kids to get a taste of how much Brandon is a fucking piece of douche. Yeah, we're getting all the threads together, and we'll just weave a douche tapestry by the end of this. Yeah, okay. Stay tuned. Brandon sucks. Um, Second thing I was thinking about in this episode, to get off the dad for a second, when they're all sitting at lunch, and they're sitting like out in the quad of high school, and they're talking to all their friends, and they're like, yeah, we're going to go or whatever, and everyone's obviously like pissed off. And there were eight, the eight main cast members sitting around in this circle. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, God, there's a lot of fucking mouths to feed in this cast. Like when you put them all on paper together, it's like, fuck. We got to write for all these people. And that's why we have that core four rule. Because like, I think the way Friday Night Lights got around it was they had eight, but it was like pockets of two. Pockets of two, and then they intertwined. Yeah, like you never really saw like Saracen hanging out with Street. Right. Never. It was always Landry and Saracen hanging out. Yeah, and if there's like a Riggins Saracen scene, it's like, ooh, this is a treat. Yeah. They don't normally hang out. Yeah, because usually it's like Riggins with Street. And then Lila's kind of got like a couple people that, like, I don't think. I don't know if Saracen and Lila ever shared the screen once together in the entire five seasons of that I mean, show. I, I wouldn't bet against that. I don't think they did. And um, yeah, I don't think like Julie Taylor and Smash ever had a scene together. So that was what was weird to me was you when you saw them all hanging out together, it was like, it's too much. It's too much. Break it off into chunks. Um, try being the guy that tells um what's his name spelling the creator aaron spelling aaron spelling that we need to kind of cut a couple cast members out and you're trying to like edge him (laughs) towards his daughter (laughs) i'm be honest dude i have no idea how tori spelling is in this cast (laughs) well i i literally i shat on her so aggressively on the last podcast kids you won't hear it because i had to edit out like two minutes smart but it was aggressive <laughs> i was listening to it back editing it and i'm like jesus i went I'm an after- animal <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i was like god i went after tori spelling hard <laughs> but the toned down way to say it is it makes no sense that she's in this cast storylines or looks or anything she was fucking grandfathered in she was fathered in Ooh, she just invent something yeah she was fathered in i like that it's bullshit um by the way jumping back to the very top of the show i wanted to hit this before we go too much farther into the plot of this episode the season finale of season one starts off with a bang oh like steve's fight yeah (laughs) (laughs) credits roll we open up on steve getting in a fist fight in the middle of school with some random kid yeah I gotta say, I love Steve. Yeah, he holds I, it down. 
I was going to save this for later, but now that we're talking about Steve, I can just hit on it now. Um, he, I feel like he grounds this whole crew in somewhat of a reality because he's just a yeah. dude. He's just a dude, and Steve's just like upset that Brandon, his new like really good friend, is leaving. And so he's just acting out. Yeah. And it's, oh, yeah, we like it because it's kind of just like what you expect teens to do. Like, they're just, they're actions never have a lot of rationale on it it's just like yeah i'm feeling something so i'm just gonna like punch some guy wearing a crop top tee at the beginning of this episode and <laughs> yeah. showing belly button because we're one of those like uh abercrombie and fitch looking rugby shirts with the belly button cut out yeah yeah it, it uh was at least five inches away from touching gene it was pretty wild it's on a, this guy's outfit after, i'd beat his ass too if i was <laughs> after brandon breaks up this fight um he's like steve why what was that about why are we fighting steve's like oh dude he was making fun of my mom he was saying she's washed up (laughs) it's like what could like could you think of a better reason for (laughs) here's the thing (laughs) if you're writing this episode is that not the most off the wall reason for a kid to get another fight like hey dude your mom's fucking washed up she's washed (laughs) (laughs) as an actress she's had her hate like first of all what a weird thing to say. Uh, I liked her better in Days of Our Lives. She pushes yeah. doesn't have it anymore. Dude, season one, I think she lost her fastball after that. It's like, yeah, mom jokes are totally a thing, but like, yeah. <laughs> I like the curveball. Those like, are Beverly Hills. Your mom's mom. washed. Those are Beverly Hills mom jokes. Yeah. I just did. I think it was, I didn't really focus too much on like the story they put in there. I was just focusing on like, Steve's just upset. Yeah. And he's now, upset. Now we know Hollywood high school fighting words. Those are the words that get that'll get a Steve mad. And dude, Steve's just a man of passion. Mm-hmm. He wears his heart on his sleeve. And like it's funny because before ever watching this show, I would always see Ian Zeering and like you would just see like, you know, a 30 second clip on TV of the Beverly Hills 90210, and you'd be like, everyone's hot in this cast why'd they put this neanderthal fucking blonde haired kid who is like a three and a half on a scale of out of 10 in the looks department what the fuck's up and like after watching it back and like getting to like know all these characters steve's like one of my favorites i just really like him because he's a man of passion dude he's like a passion guy i like passion people he don't give a fuck. He's making some bad decisions, <laughs> and he's getting into fights just because of those bad decisions. I don't mind it. Um, okay, we got to get into Luke Perry because Luke is fucking back. Yeah, he's back. Um, so good to see him back. He's just full on dating Brenda now, and uh, they're obviously dealing with a whole bunch of shit because, like, obviously, they're contemplating: do we do the long distance thing? Do we not? All that stuff is going on. And uh, we also found out that him and Brenda are having sex. Yeah, they're which fucking. complicates things a bit. I would say. Yeah, I just kept thinking, like, do they have sex with that sock to shoe combo that everyone's got in the nineteen ninety one? Oh, I think yeah. Everybody leaves their shoes and socks on. Everyone's got with it. Ni- I- it's it's, <laughs> it's like ninety sex style. Oh my god! Like, I I guess in nineteen ninety one they did not sell any color of sock other than white uh no no 
And I, they also didn't sell socks that weren't like the mid-height socks. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't get no-show socks. You couldn't get socks that like went up to your knees. Like there's one length on sock that you can get, and it's mid-calf height sock a, with that's a super scrunched loose, down. No elastic that just yeah. automatically scrunches down throughout the day. I think they did do the ankle sock, but the only option you could get was the kind with a little ball that came out of the back <laughs> of your shoe. And so nobody really wore those. Also, I yeah. think back in the 90s, it was just perfectly acceptable to wear basketball shoes at any point in time. Oh, my God. For any God. occasion. So just to just to take a quick pause, we'll get to this uh, when we get to the cherry on top at the end about Kelly Kapowski. But in season five, we noticed that fact because we saw Brandon wearing black Jordans with those white socks. Mm-hmm. A dead serious fucking goatee in 1995. Mm-hmm. Cargo khaki shorts. Cargo khaki shorts, a polo shirt, and a haircut that I don't think there is a male under the age of 45 who has. And it was just so wild to see a 40-year-old dad outfit with Jordans. <laughs> <laughs> it would be... like I think the comment we made when we were watching it was like, from the knee up, it looks like Brandon is my dad on a Saturday about to, like, cut the grass. Polo shirt, cargo khaki shorts. That's like a dad on a Saturday about to cut some grass. But from the knee down, it looked like my 13-year-old dude cousin who just started high school <laughs> wearing high-top basketball shoes. What do you think it was? Do you think, because it was obviously at some point in the 90s when... um Jordan came out with like cool basketball shoes and people started having like shoe deals. The the 90s. Because like before that, basketball shoes weren't that big of a deal. And then all of a sudden they kind of exploded. And then did just people wear them all the time? Jordan made basketball. Was it Jordan? Yeah. Is he responsible for this? 100%. Like he made basketball shoes cool in the early 90s. So it was probably like 91 or so. That's when I... I know he started coming out with his own signature shoe in like 87, 88, but I don't think they really took off until like early 90s. And then he started winning championships and stuff. And it was like everyone had those like the Jordan threes, fours, fives on up. Like, and that was like starting right around the early 90s. Cause it looked like the ones he was wearing in season five were the fives, which was, I believe, like 93, 94 range. So anyways, yeah, basketball shoes, that was like the heyday of basketball shoes. And all those were like high top too. They, there were no low top b-ball shoes. And it's just, yeah, it's weird to see them with cargo khakis and a goatee. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, okay, let's go back to, let's finish this episode though. Um, so yeah, Luke Perry's back. Brandon and Andrea have a little sex. little something. They have a little something. At the end of our last episode, if you recall, I kind of inadvertently teased this a little bit because something was kind of like percolating a little bit. Yeah. They're like good friends, but clearly you could tell that Andrea has a thing for Brandon. Yep. And then in this episode, it finally comes out. Yeah. So let's play a clip of when this flirt has shifted into a little something more. So what's the big surprise? Huh? <laughs> oh god, this is making me so nervous. <laughs> what? Um, well, I've uh I 
I've got a going away present for you. Well, what is it? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, um... <laughs> Ta-da! What? The carousel, the horse, what? Uh, no, I'm... I'm giving you the person on my horse. Uh, if you'll take her. Look, Brandon, we may never see each other again, and I... I want goodbye to be a moment we both remember. So, they're on some carousels, and Andrea essentially is saying, Look, I want you to have something to remember me by, Mm -hmm. and that something is my vagina. I think that's what she's getting at, yes. And I want to give you a little bit of a going away vagina present. Mm-hmm. And so we realize sex is on. Yes. Um, it took us about as slow to realize what she was talking about as Brandon. We had to rewind and go back and rewatch it because she was so subtle. She was like, let's just let's just reenact it. Go ahead. I'm Andrea. You're Brandon. Sure. I have something I want to give you, Pat. Oh, uh, yeah, thanks. What is it? A present. Oh, I, lo- I love gifts. It's what? a special present. Oh, cool. Is it like, when are you going to give it to me tonight? Like, can I take well, it on I the plane back to Minneapolis? Well, I can't, right? I can't over the next four days give you this present for a certain time of the month it is for me, TMI. Uh-huh. But in four days from now, I will... Oh, cool. Um, mm-hmm. Was it like big? What's this? <laughs> no, you, it's small. Are you offering me a present of of your sex? Yes. <laughs> cool. cool. Wouldn't have guessed. But before this, it was starting to get frustrating because she, for like the, the three scenes leading up to this scene is starting to act a little weird around him and like kind of flirty and we know what's up like we're like oh she's like she knows he's leaving and she wants to make her move before she leaves because he thinks like they're just friends and starts to get in this weird range where brandon's doing the marissa thing where he's like oblivious oblivious to what's going on you're like Brandon, obviously this girl's crazy for you. What, she's like, DTF. She's like making eyes at you. She's like subtly suggesting all this stuff. And he's just like, hey, hey buddy. Yeah, we're friends. And you're just like, God, she's fucking Marissa Cooper in this shit. And then the carousel scene happens. Yeah. And my stomach hurts. Then so I bad. just get con- as confused as Brent. Brandon. Uh, so first off, I was confused too. <laughs> and the way that she brought it up made my stomach hurt so bad because the face she made and then she just goes like she points at her she motions to her whole body uh-huh. like this like with she just takes her hand and she like motions down from top to bottom her whole body and she's like I want to give you this gift of me me and it's like ooh ooh <laughs> ooh ooh I know like I more than probably a lot of other dudes am like super grossed out by girls like actually coming on to me and I for some reason have this weird thing where like I only want girls who are disgusted by me but I'm telling you dude like watching her come on to him that aggressively and strong I was like 
flaccid as it gets. It's it's just a weird vibe and a weird kind of like thing to have happen because they play it like the reason that she's doing this whole thing is she's not super confident and just like going after what she wants. Like she's not just gonna like pin him up against the lockers and just be like, I want this. Where's she's gotta she's gotta like play this game like, hey, I got a gift for you and it's me However, it's kind of a weird thing because imagine the psychosis that would go through that had to be like in your head to go up to a girl that you've been friends with for like the whole year and be like, hey, baby, hey, how about a gift? Baby? You want a gift? Yeah. You want a little gift, like going uh, away gift? Uh-huh. Yeah. I love gifts. How about I'll give you a gift of me? Your dick? Yeah. I'm going to gift you. Give me a nice present. Oh, cool. <laughs> Sounds like the worst gift ever. <laughs> it just you take, hey, wait, wait, and have wait. The guy telling. <laughs> Can you just take me to PF Chang's instead? Maybe pay. It's too expensive. I'm tight on cash. <laughs> too expensive. Gift to me. Just to flip. Maybe it. just the lettuce wraps. <laughs> just the lettuce have wraps. Have a guy offering himself up as a gift is the fucking psycho shit. I know, but here the thing is, there's no offering. If you're doing it right, you're just sweet at game, and you're like playing it coy and sexual. Like fucking, we saw Tiffany Amber Thiessen do when we got to that episode where it was like she was so sexual, and it was just like, it's all about body language, dude. It's not about what you say; it's about your fucking body language. Love it. You get all up in there, and you're like, you're making them want it, you're making them want it, and then you just pull it back at all the right moments, and then they're like, oh fuck, I want it so bad. And it just, it's all innuendo that goes without saying. So it's clear it's on right now with no words being said of like, hey, you want this present? Pussy present? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's why it was so frustrating because that whole entire thing, we never had the moment of like, oh, it's on right now. Never. Never had it once in this fucking Which is show. what we live for. We live for that. And they built that whole thing up for an entire season and just let it fucking flop. Good point. We do live for that moment of like, oh, what was that? Hey. Hey. What was that? <gasps> yeah. It's like, uh, is it on right now? It's like, and give we us, haven't had that yet. Give us the scene where they're up late at night working on like a news story that's due the next day. Uh-huh. And they're both stressed and it's like, up, oh, like somebody's hand touches somebody and it's like, they pull and it's like. Slow motion, slow they, motion, slow, slow motion. They, music starts playing. Actually good music. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. And they like, they pan out to like a, like some icon and you're like, holy shit, is it on right now? Uh, feels it. It feels like it is. We just, I don't, we just didn't get this. So I'm pissed. let's now transition into the music because I know you've got qualms. Yeah. We harped on this pretty hard last time. Just should I start playing <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. This is playing constantly in this fucking episode. I don't know what you're supposed to do with this. What are you supposed to feel with this? Do, do, do. It's the music of like a psychological thriller or like a like a murder movie. At one scene, this is playing when Brandon is like having a heart to heart with his sister about this girl clearly wanting to have sex with him, and if he should have sex with her back. I don't know why he's talking to his sister about that, but this music is playing, and it's like it's just fucking wild. It's like the music that plays when you're following a character in a movie. And then all of a sudden, like, you realize that something's not right with that person. Right. It's like, oh, shit. What, like, oh, fuck. Someone's about to get murdered. Yeah. I know. 
just odd. That to me, so the, the fact that Beverly Hills never had the is it on right now moment for me, and then also this background music, it, it's just, it's been way too much. And, and like, it's just, it's so hard to focus. I'm like, what is I, happening? We spent a decent amount of time last week shitting on just the general soundtrack or like the music bed in the background. But this week it was just, not only was it there, which initially bugged us, but it was like jarringly not the right um, tones. tones. It's not the right tones. Not the right tones. And it's just relentless. Um, okay. Speaking of Brandon, it's time to stop pussyfooting around it. We've already played a couple clips of him sucking dick. And it's time to just full on give him the last and final M C I T W of the week, Pat. And that is the Marissa Cooper is the worst of the week. And it is brought to you by our fine, fine, fine sponsors from Wicklowware. W I C K L O W. Where? A beef free and explore. Get all your octo gear at wickleware.com. Type the promo code VLA. Check out 10% off of your order. $30 on the baseball tees. $20 on the text. $40 on the sweatshirts. And Pat, it goes to Brandon because he is the fucking lamest dude I've ever seen. I'm giving it to him solely based on his smug fucking attitude. He is the poster child for too cool for school. Mm-hmm. In every scene he's in, it's like, Oh, Brandon's too cool for that. Brandon's too cool for this. I wrote down a couple of them. Here's what he's too cool for. He's too cool simply when he's breaking up that fight with Steve at the beginning of this episode. He's real smug when he's breaking up a fight, which is weird because it's like everyone's heated, Brandon. Like two people are getting in a fight. The last thing that like people want right now is like your witty, like smug banter. They're heated. They're in the heat of the moment. Just de-escalate the situation, get the people separated, and just fucking shut up. Give it a rest, please. Another one. This was real subtle. He comes home and his mom's making dinner, per usual. (laughs) (laughs) And he starts shitting on her for, like, the vegetables that she's picked out. Lemon basil, mint basil, cilantro basil. I was gonna have a two for one sale today, Mom. <laughs> and it's like once again, what's cool up? It, cool it, dude. He even mispronounced cilantro and called it cilantro like a fucking dumbass. Uh-huh. Fucking idiot move. Caleb Nickel wouldn't have liked that. No. Wouldn't have. So it's just overall, I want this last MCITW. I want it to go to Brandon because in my opinion, he for me is in that upper echelon of Marissa Cooper of like suck. <laughs> like just fucking suck and I want him out of the show also his height bothers me I know height bothers me in these shows more than anything but like he's listed at like 5'7", five, 5'8", five, online and I'm convinced that's a fucking lie yeah those stats are padded those are so maybe with like his high heel boots but like I'm pretty sure he is five one and a half. <sighs> Brandon be free and explore get fucked brought to you by Wicklowware. any other thoughts you have on brandon yeah <laughs> so if you remember like during this whole episode he's getting upset because the aforementioned steve is just kind of going a little haywire a little bit mm-hmm. and we find out that steve is just kind of mad that yeah he's, he's upset even. he's yeah. upset and he's 
kind of taking it out on him. Brendan cannot be having this. He needs to squash Dude, it's this Brandon. Beer. You keep mixing Brenda and Brandon into Brendan. I've already told you this. <laughs> if your name is Brendan, I might call you Brandon. If your name's Brandon, I might call you Brendan. I don't care. Oh, you know what? I don't even care. I'm glad you're mispronouncing his name. (laughs) I'm glad glad. if there's one guy's name I want you to mispronounce the whole time, I'm glad it's it's Brendan. Yeah, be free and explore. (laughs) Be free and explore, Brendan. (laughs) Brendan and Steve go to the beach to squash the beef, and it's just one of the most strange scenes ever. I don't know if you want to play like what their conversation was about. You know what? We're on this kick of Brandon sucking. I'll just play couple things of what brandon says because he just sounds lame when he's saying just let it ride yeah here it is steve you think you're the only person in the world who's ever felt like a fool huh well last summer all i could dream about was moving to california and becoming mr surf but the first time i went in the water i got pounded by the waves yeah so what everybody wipes out big deal it was a big deal to me made me feel like i didn't belong here Anyway, so you think they're going to have one last fun day at the beach, just like playing in the ocean, tossing, whatever, doing beach stuff. Brendan just takes a nap I know. in the sand I for know. like seemingly three hours for while his... Steve just has to hang out by himself. <laughs> so Steve... And then he sleeps through his date with Andrea. So Steve is <laughs> just the, the weirdest thing. Steve is all upset and again, wearing his heart on his sleeve because that's what he fucking does. And he's like so upset that like Brandon's family's leaving and like he he laid it all out there to Brandon, told him he was sad. And then yeah, Brandon just like in their last hangout, which could be ever of all time, uh-huh. he just falls asleep and sleeps on the beach. I don't even know how you do that. <laughs> Brandon dude, Brandon's out of control. He's out of control. Hey man, what? you wanna uh you wanna head down to the beach, uh, get real deep with each other, uh and then just fall asleep. <laughs> just take some naps. Yeah, I'll bring my PJs and my favorite pillow, dude. Should I bring my pillow to the beach and my bring blanket? The, bring the mitts that stick to each other with the balls and then just right. fall asleep. Bring our skim board and then just, yeah, not utilize any of it. Brandon's out of control f- from what we've talked about, about his smug attitude all the way down to his lame-ass dead serious goatee by season five. Take that fashion transition it fully into down from his neck from that goatee into the polo tee into the cargo khakis and into the fucking high top jordans on a saturday like at a cookout by the way on a goatee how was that ever cool it is such i would like to i would like to know the first goatee i mean because obviously that like when he was wearing that goatee it was peak fashion to have a goatee i know but I, there has to have been like a movie role where a famous actor had a goatee and then everybody did it. That's how those <sighs> things usually go. Didn't George Clooney have one? I'm sure at some point. I don't know if he yeah, started Yeah, he probably it. did. I think George Clooney had one. I, I don't know who started it, but I'm hoping it. Brandon ended it. Because I, it's just like, I, I don't, as soon as you saw Brandon with the goatee, it was like, oh, yeah. no. Like That's what it looks when like. I, when I shave my beard. <laughs> I stopped down, obviously, at a goatee for humor, and it literally, I can't go out of the house with it because it looks so fucking ridiculous. I get I, a good laugh in the mirror, 
freak Whitney out or something, and then I just shave the rest of it. You know what does look really cool is like the Sons of Anarchy, like the long chin goatee situation, but then you have like a different length beard for the rest of your beard, so it's just layered up. And it looks badass. So you got a beard, but your chin goatee is longer than everything. Essentially, else? Okay. yeah. So biker, it's e- biker style. Yeah, it's like you. Yeah, I like that. That's a better way to put it. Forget the goatee. It's a beard with a longer chin situation and mustache situation, and it just looks really fucking badass. But yeah, whoever did the goatee, it's like it's impossible to not look like you're 54. <laughs> I, Brandon in season five, we were guesstimating, okay, what he's supposed to be 19, 20. And when he's wearing that outfit with the goatee, I, I, I'm just like, why are all these teens hanging out with this dad? <laughs> like, it's so weird. Okay. Um, let's get off. Let's get back off. You know, let's get back to Mr. Walsh. Let's go back to Mr. Walsh Love it. because Mr. Walsh, he went to Minneapolis. So he just decided like, okay, I'm going to go over there. My family's going to stay here in the interim. I'm going to start working in Minneapolis. I'll do the long distance thing. And all that's happening. He finally comes back and then they have a going away party for everyone. Mm-hmm. And Everyone at this going away party, they're like doing their goodbyes. You know, it's like this big emotional David Silver, a.k.a. Brian Austin Green. He's got a video camera out. He's like video recording everyone's goodbye messages. The emotional, heartfelt goodbye to everyone. And so we're thinking, okay, season one is going to end with the Walshes. They leave Beverly Hills and that's going to be the big cliffhanger. So I understood it in my head because I'm like, perfect. This is exactly what you would want to go into season two is you would have them leave and then season two would start and there would be some bullshit to bring them back. Like, oh, yeah, Mr. Walsh, we're actually going to move you back to Beverly Hills. (laughs) Sucks, dude. (laughs) We've relocated you three times in the past seven and a half months, Mr. Walsh. (laughs) But you know what? This time we're going to quadruple your salary. And you are still on track to be a billionaire by the time you are 51. So um, it was the weakest thing I've ever seen because they're setting up this cliffhanger. And then there's this clip by Mr. Fucking Walsh. I'd like to thank you all for letting us become a part of your world. Kind of sneaks up on you here, you know. It's kind of hard to say goodbye. You know, it made me realize that home is where the heart is, not where the highest paycheck is. So I've decided that my family and I, we're going to stay here. And keep our wonderful life. (laughs) They're fucking stacked. You know what? Changed my mind. Hey, you know what? I just, I I love the love so much in the atmosphere. And I haven't even talked to my wife still. (laughs) And I've just decided we're staying. Fuck it. 
I think I can't tell if I was seeing his kids happy with their friends or it was the fact that when he did go back to Minneapolis to take his big job, he realized like this fucking sucks. I know. Like now I know why they were able to give me so much money because they fired everyone else and now I have like four people's jobs and I have meetings nonstop. It's yeah, this, this is this what double the salary for the birds, man. <laughs> oh my California. This is what double the salary actually yeah. fucking looks like. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just hilarious. I think, to your point, it was specifically he just hated it there, and then he made it seem like, oh, I did this for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this isn't for me. I loved it there. Hey, I loved it, dude. I loved it. So I was just dying because I was like, honestly, I was... If you look at my notes, I was so let down that the whole cliffhanger thing was then fucked that I oh. changed my MCITW. <laughs> I was so upset that they sold out and I was like, oh my God, there's going to be no cliffhanger. They're just going to sell out and fucking have everything end all roses and stuff. What? What's the incentive for the fucking viewer to come back in season two? There's nothing to like fucking hang on that cliff there must have been nothing else on tv Uh, clearly (laughs) clearly but i it's perfect that you're bringing this up because it's something that has been bugging you the entire season where they wrap every single episode up with a bow yeah they wrap the whole first season up with i know i know and so i was literally about to change my entire mcitw to fucking aaron spelling for just and even though i've hated brandon as much as i have I was going to give it to Aaron Spelling for just how bad he shit the bed on the season one finale ending. But then they did leave a cliffhanger at the very end, at the very, very end with this clip. Dylan, I'm late. What is she late for? No, you know, I'm late. <laughs> And then I got like 25% less mad at Aaron Spelling because I'm like, okay, he did at least leave something. He threw us like a small nugget to chew on. Yeah, he threw us a bone, like a small bone, not even a big one. So I was like, okay, I'll keep it on Brandon because like at least he gave us like all right, we got to tune into season two to find out if Brenda's actually pregnant or not. It's weird because like when we were in high school, fucking having a time of our lives probably peaking watching the oc mm-hmm. loving it yeah coming in the next day at school it's like we had all this fodder to talk about because every episode had like a cliffhanger and there's yeah. like multiple stories so like we're on the the proverbial water cooler just like talking about what's going to happen next with our boys yeah we were yeah we were just going like where could it go what's going to happen and what's we ryan like, going to do what's marissa going to do what's yeah, fucking getting all these theories do? together about what could <clears throat> potentially happen and it's like we couldn't wait till the next episode to tune in to see what ha- like what did people talk about in between these episodes uh, i don't know they probably just live their lives yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess so they probably didn't live vicariously through the teens fucking like we losers like we were then and like we still are to this day but yeah yeah, I guess I they know, probably dude. wouldn't have spent their entire free period discussing the show. They probably would have just actually had other conversations. Yeah, lived. sounds terrible. <laughs> sounds so horrible. Sounds- they just they didn't live vicariously. They lived unvicariously. It, it, it's weird because yeah, to that point, I didn't really think about that till now. But it's the biggest, I guess, nitpick I have like with 2019 and Netflix and streaming and 
being able to get to everything at once is like you really don't have that piece of life that was you got to fucking wait and mm-hmm. the you got to let the anticipation build for an entire week mm-hmm. and that I do miss that because God, by the time you got to that next Thursday at eight o'clock, Dude. oh my God, were Whoa. you ripe? <laughs> you were fucking ripe. Yeah. Nowadays, I mean, that conversation just isn't there because there's there's two scenarios. I'll lay them both out for you. It's, hey man, did you see? Have you seen that show on Netflix or on Amazon streaming? Do you watch Chernobyl? <laughs> yeah, we'll do it with Chernobyl. Yeah. There's two. We'll do it. We'll use Chernobyl as our example. There's two scenarios. Hey man. Have you seen Chernobyl yet? Yes. All four. <laughs> it's a pretty good show. <laughs> yeah. I watched yeah, all cool. of it. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. That's it. Second scenario. Yeah. Hey, man, have you seen Chernobyl? No. You got to see Chernobyl. It's really oh, good. Okay. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but you got You got to see it. Let me know when you see it. It's on my list. And then when you do finally see it two months later, you say, hey, man, I saw Chernobyl. Yeah, I finally saw it. It's pretty good. That was I, crazy, right? And then I've completely forgotten what happens. It's like, yeah. Yeah. There's just no, How do we talk about TV shows anymore? I know you don't want to hear this, but literally, and now Game of Thrones is over, so that was one of the only ones that was like a live experience. The biggest one is Bachelor. It's the number one show right now that you watch communally. So like everyone watches it with other people i watch it with my sisters and my mom and her friends and my wife every single week and it is like a communal you get together and then like you're on pins and needles until the next monday i know what what about if you just don't care about anything that's happening in it well that's what i'm saying i know you don't go away at that point that sucks, I guess, for you yeah, because I like you I still feel, you should just feel bad for me. Yeah, because I still have a show in my life where that does exist, and now with Game of Thrones being done, you no longer have it. Mm-hmm. No offense to you. Yeah, idiot. I'll find something. Yeah, that, and then uh, the only one, uh, the only one I can think of is Vanderpump Rules. That's another one that's on Bravo once a week. That seems like it's people kind of watch it when it happens, and then. You wait till it comes on. But that still, it's not as much of a live event like Bachelor. Like Bachelor, no one really TiVos it. Everyone watches it live. Can you think of one other show where people watch live once a week? Other than sports? No. Nope. That's why the live, the the rights for sports are like higher than they've ever been because it's like the only thing. It's like the only thing for live people actually have to sit through commercials that's left. It's wild. It's jarring when the NFL season starts back up and I like I see commercials again for the first time in like eight months. Yeah. It's just like, oh, what the fuck is this? Commercials still suck. <laughs> fuck. God damn. Um, okay. That was it for the finale. That was it for the season one finale. But like we said earlier, this is where we want to get to the cherry. Oh my god, is this a cherry on top? Mm-hmm. We went ahead. And got Shannon Doherty the fuck out of our lives. Mm-hmm. Good. And we just went and watched episode one of season five, which is when Shannon Doherty gets all of her fucking personal shit, <laughs> ruins her career. Just like you. I think they uh, they send her to London. They did. Yeah. V- vague. It was like the quickest. Uh, we were asking our questions. That just we're, literally one line. Yeah, we were like, "What are they going to do? Are they going to kill her off? Like, how? Are, she's a. She is literally. There's eight eight uh, 
characters in this show, but she is like one of the two main, main characters. Mm-hmm. So we're like, how are they going to get rid of her? They're going to kill her off. They're going to family her off. They literally just schooled her off. Schooled her off. Abroad. <laughs> just in one offhanded comment. And we were saying, how weird would that be if we were watching the OC and after like season three, Seth, was, who's like one of the top two characters, was just gone. And then Ryan, just at the beginning of season three, there's like, oh, where's Seth? Oh, he's in London, living, <laughs> studying. The pen is mightier than the sword. Dude, I mean, honestly, if I were like one of these showrunner guys, like if I was Aaron Spelling in this, I would just be on set. And if any of my actors like started acting up or like somebody was having a bad day, <laughs> I would just slowly pull the pen out of my pocket and just start waving it. You want to go to London? Who wants to go to London? Indefinitely. Who wants to go on surfing tour in Australia? (laughs) Is it you, Luke Perry? Who wants to perpetually be in New Zealand? (laughs) Yeah. I would. Good point. I would just hold that over all my actors' heads. Hey, hey, uh, dad. Hey, family dad. Mr. Walsh. Hey, Mr. Walsh. (laughs) He's yeah. got sick parents back in Minneapolis. Is it you? No, no. I'm sorry, Mr. Okay, Mr. you better I'm not sorry, miss Mr. any more call time. I'm sorry, Mr. Okay? Spelling. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Mr. Spelling. Can I shine your shoes to make it up to you? <laughs> so that's not even why we're here, though. Why we're here is fucking Kelly Kapowski. <laughs> Now, okay, so fill me in on the timeline. Is this before Saved by the Bell or after? After. It's after. This okay. is... So she's, at the, she's coming in hot, season five, episode one, at the peak of her powers. She is probably a year removed from Saved by the Bell. Maybe not even a year. And she's in that prime window of, look, I am tired of being viewed as a child actor. Mm-hmm. It's time for Kelly Kapowski to grow up. And roll a doobie on screen. Sexually and (laughs) in terms of doobie rolling. (laughs) So, God, dude. I mean, she came onto the screen. I don't even know what they said. They made some... Again, it was about as offhanded of a comment as as how they fucking schooled Brenda off. Mm -hmm. It was just like, oh, this is so-and-so, blah, 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 blah. I didn't even hear it. We know nothing about why she's there. Apparently, she's a family friend. Is eh. she? I didn't even know she was a family friend. I gained that from context clues of Brendan saying, like, she was his first kiss. Oh. Like, apparently, they grew up together. I didn't even hear that. I visually, I'll be honest, we... No offense. Intern Whitney, I know she's behind in, in the, uh, she's in the edit bay right now, editing as we speak. So, Whitney, no offense to you. But the take of like her not understanding how Kelly Kapowski is sexually attractive mm-hmm. was, it, I think it is the worst take in podcast history, I VL podcast is. history. No I offense. would expand that and see all of podcasts. I think that's going to keep her out of making any money as our intern ever. I think she's going to be unpaid in perpetuity forever probably because of that one take i mean that's a take and she timed it up with christmas bonus time which is just really just not poor timing poor timing by her i mean that's a kind of a a podcast take that just it never gets you to to hear you know Mm -hmm. the on-air talent right right it never gets you here on the mics the big chairs what we call them yeah she's still on the small chair and it's gonna remain that way because of takes like that 
Yeah. So Kelly Kapowski, I don't even know her name in the show. Valerie? Valerie? Uh, I don't know. It's hard to focus on the audio of the show when Kelly Kapowski's on the screen because I am so visually locked in mm-hmm. that it's like my ears, all my nerves are like pushing to my visual stimuli. All the blood's stimuli. going through. <laughs> all the blood's rushing to the back of your eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> it's rushing to there and another place, but where it's not rushing is to my ears. <laughs> so I didn't catch any of the story. She, okay, I just want to list what's fucking perfect. Can I just list what's perfect on her? Go for it. Her voice. Voice is perfect. Mm-hmm. Her eyes. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Her stomach, perfect boobs, ass, perfect, and <laughs> legs. And then her confidence and her attitude. I wrote all those down of perfect for Tiffany Amber Thiessen. What I wrote is like slightly below a 12.5 on a scale yeah, of 10. To work on. So her 95 haircut was weak. It's not great. But it's like a, like a 50-year-old mom haircut. But like... Again, it's on her, so it's like not even that bad. And then her socks, and she's also wearing Jordans. <laughs> Everybody's wearing Jordans, <laughs> but it's ninety-five. It kind of just made him. It kind of just made him hot. Um, so she's out of control. Her looks are just. I think it's between her and Julie Taylor for most attractive females in a teen drama. Yes. I think I think they're one and two. Ah, there's no flaws on either of them. <laughs> so I will, she does make a pair of uh, pajamas look pretty good. Oh my like, god! I, yeah, I'm oh. not a pajama guy. No, but like um, the pajamas, I don't think anybody wears them anymore. Where no. like big cotton baggy pajamas that button button up. Yeah, it's like a a button down long sleeve pajama shirt yes with matching pants same design of the up top yeah just really enjoying it she makes everything look good who are some of the other girls on our mount rushmore of hottest actresses that we did with zerb way back in the day i know we settled on kelly kapowski tire making I don't really need Tyra on there. Obviously, Lila's not on there. Marissa Cooper's not on there. Rachel Bilson's not on there. The only other ones I can potentially we throw think... Alex up there, aka Olivia. Oh Wilde. yeah, yeah, she's on there. Olivia Wilde for sure. I don't know. What do you think about Peyton and uh, Brooke? Sophia uh, Bush. Do they I'd, make I'd it? Put a Peyton on there. So Peyton's the fourth. So right now we have Kelly Kapowski. What about Joey from. Uh... Oh fuck. How are we forgetting all these teen hotties, dude? Yeah, let's take Peyton off and put. I think Joey makes it more than Peyton. If I have my druthers, I mean, this is a Mount Rushmore, dude. There's, we're not. There's no elevens on here. It's all twelves. <laughs> if you're an eleven like Peyton, it's you're not making it. Okay, um, let's end it with cock block of the fucking century. There's, I can't believe this didn't get squeezed into your rundown. Oh my god, dude, this to me struck such a chord because all of us in high school we've all been cock blocked at one point or, or another right mm-hmm. if you if you have a cock it's been blocked it's for sure been blocked i myself have like two or three stories that like still thinking back to this day 
I really hate that guy in that moment. And I think the thing with a cock block that really like ramps it up even more is that you know the guy's like 50% of it is I think he knows what he's doing, but 50% is just unintentional idiot. <laughs> and so it's like a combination of like, dude, I know you suck, but like, what the fuck? Why are you dumb too? <laughs> God. Um, there was a cock block in this scene where Steve is trying to get with Kelly Kapowski, AKA mm-hmm. Tiffany Amber Thiessen, AKA Valerie. And it was wild to me. Like what a fucking thing to see on screen of Ian Ziering and Kelly, Tiffany Amber Thiessen about to hook up. Yeah. Talk it's about tough. a misbalance. Imbalance for Ugh. sure. So let's play a clip. Let's get a clip in of just Kelly so we can just hear her fucking sexualness coming out. You know, you've got the most incredible eyes I have ever seen. Has anyone ever told you that? Not tonight. Well, you do. It's kind of a cross between Mariah Carey, Heather Locklear, and Cindy Crawford. So you're saying I have six eyes? No, I'm saying you have. Steve, if you want to kiss me. Go ahead. Kiss me. Damn. Hey, guys. Sorry I kept you waiting. No problem. (laughs) When do you guys want to sit in the front with me, or should I change my name to Jeeves? (laughs) I will. He tells her to kiss him. Again, we go all the way back to Andrea. This is how you fucking do it, Andrea. Andrea should be taking notes. Notes, Andrea. Check and take some notes. What if she was in? What if Kelly Kapowski was in the car with uh, Ian Ziering in that moment? She's like, "Hey, I got a present for you," and he's just like, "What?" Like, "Yeah, I got a gift. It's me." And he's just like, "I was super jacked up, but now I'm just baffled. I'm, I'm confused on why a girl like you are doing this." Yeah. So the setup to that is they are in the back seat of a convertible car. Steve is on top of her. She makes that line to him where she's just like, Hey, kiss me then bitch. (laughs) And then Steve is about to go in and kiss her and then goateed fucking cock blocked fucking smug piece of shit. Brandon comes out of nowhere, like a bat out of hell and like, what's going on here? What's up? What's going on in here? What's going on? It's like, hey, guy, you fuck right off, guy? <laughs> you fuck off? I think it's pretty obvious what's going on here. Like, fuck off. I'm on top of this female in the back seat of a car. What else could be happening? And it's not like he walked around a corner and stumbled upon the scene. He clearly just saw the whole thing playing out from like 20 yards back. And I was like, mm-hmm, better speed up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah it was brutal <laughs> gotta get my gate going like two miles an hour faster to fucking cock block the shit out of my best friend what's up fellas who's got shotgun <laughs> so brandon hops in the fucking car and then it's the worst I, my stomach hurts so bad for steve because not not only does he get cock blocked and you know then it's never happening, Steve. Like yep. missed this y- moment. You that's the also the the little caveat to every shitty cockblock story that a guy has is you know when it's done, that moment, it's not coming back. Like that was your moment. Steve's bridge sailed. 
<laughs> bridge. See a bridge. You have sailed, bridge. And it sucks because my stomach hurt for Steve. Brandon gets in the front seat and then Kelly like hops over the seat, gets in the passenger side. And now to paint a picture, Steve is in the back mm-hmm. as she's in the front with Brandon, who I think in this world is the hotter guy. Mm-hmm. So it's like now you're Steve and you're the not hotter version. And like Brandon clearly is going to run with this. Not to mention she's living with Brandon. Right. So he's just driving her back to the place that they're basically sharing a wall. How did how bad did you feel for Steve when they showed that visual of him sitting in the back seat as Kelly Kapowski takes her flirtatious attitude and moves it from the back to the front? It's fucking Brandon's goatee. It's rough. Shout out Steve. Oh, shout out Steve. That's tough for you, Steve. We've all been there. We've all been there, Steve. You pick yourself back up, you get up. Look. It's not about how many times you get knocked down, Steve. Mm-hmm. What's it about, Pat? Getting back up. How many times you get back and up? And how many times you do it. <laughs> the volume of get up times. Steve, do it. All right, let's just end it with one more clip because I just want to get... I don't, I'm not going to have any more Kelly Kapowski to gush over, so I just want to get one more clip. Here's how the episode ends. It's me. Yeah, yeah, I know it's late. Sorry. Look, I just had to talk to somebody. I'm going out of my mind already. Yeah, of course I'm in Beverly Hills. These people are such avocado heads. I mean, they're so into being from L.A. Like, I really care where Lucy and Desi used to live. I mean, these kids I went out with tonight, they've got to be the straightest human units on the planet. We went to a bar and no one even tried to get a drink. one guy Brandon's best friend Steve Sanders seems kind of dumb but I bet he gives a good credit card the Walsh's they're harmless I'm sure everything will be cool as long as they don't try and pull any parental trips on me but if they do you know me Put on a happy face and dance. Put on a happy face and dance. Kelly's gone bad. Damn. What a twist. She's a snake in the grass. She's a villain. Oh my God. We should have just watched season five. Yeah. (laughs) Blew it. Yeah. God. Not so. This is what I was saying. It's clear that Tiffany Amber Thiessen coming off of Saved by the Bell is like, this is what I got to do. I got to transition out of being the girl next door slash hottest girl of all time on Saved by the Bell. We're safe. We're grandfathered in on mm-hmm. her hotness. Mm-hmm. Got to trans. I got to transition into like the next stage of my career, which is like adult roles. So what am I gonna do? I'll do like a teen show. Where I'll play a teen and I'll be a bad girl. Mm-hmm. Time to get a little naughty. How do I get naughty? Smoke some doobies. Smoking weed on screen. Doobie weed smoking on screen. And yeah, we just find out fucking Val is a villain as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> she is 
bad. Oh. By the way, I in the 90s, obviously, weed was like a drug drug. Do you think that scene like plays anymore in 2019? I feel like all high school kids are just smoking weed, especially they're like seniors by this point. Yeah, I, I think the last time I saw it was the OC where Seth in season three like gets a doobie addiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a full, full bag of pre-rolled <laughs> joints. <laughs> I think that was, and so that was 2005. Okay. So 2005 was the last time that I think in this, that taboo on screen of this, smoking like, weed. It seals exists. the deal. Like she gets on the phone, has like a super bitchy conversation with her friend. Yeah. Talks about how Steve, uh, I think she says, gives good credit card. Which <laughs> I that was an awesome line. Yeah. And then she does drugs and you're like, oh, she's bad. Yeah, so clearly she only came to Beverly Hills to, like, con all these fucking families and, like, steal all their money and mm-hmm. shit. And it's like, damn, this girl's up to some shit. <laughs> <laughs> Naughty teen stuff. <laughs> oh, dude. I think what I might do, like I did with Dawson's Creek, where I just literally, I kept watching the show and became obsessed with seasons three and four of Dawson's Creek. I think I might do that with Beverly Hills. Pod's over. Nine but, seasons, 30 episodes a season? No, but I think I'll just... I think you can do it. But I'll just skip. I'll just skip seasons two through four. I'll just fast forward to when Tiffany Amber Thiessen is like this mean, bad bitch with a horrible attitude turning <laughs> me on. I'll just start there and then just see how far I get. Yeah, let me know. Yeah, well, I'll wake you up when I'm... Uh, yeah, maybe I'll jump back 10. in for an episode or something. Yeah, okay. MVP time. Brian, mm-hmm. do you like pants? Uh, you like wearing pants? Yeah, I like pants. You like your pants to be soft? <laughs> Can I say yes? You like them to be stylish? Can I say yes twice? Do you like them to be jeans? I'll say yes a third time. Then you're going to like Japanese denim. This week's MVP as always, is brought to you by Japanese Denim. Mm. Not the actual brand, just Denim from Japan. Straight off the boat from Japan. Japanese Denim. Anyways, this might catch you by surprise because we did a decent amount of shitting on him this whole season and this episode. But I'm giving (laughs) the dad the MVP. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Walsh. Mr. Walsh gets it. Not only did he get a gigantic promotion double the salary <laughs> he churned up, he churned up the entire drama cycle for this episode he was churning um and then he wrapped it all up in a bow at the end <laughs> simply on a whim in a moment yeah if the mvp the main credential is how much were you churning i think that definitely goes to brandon's dad just not only he just provided so many good weird moments. Like, yeah, gets the job offer at lunch, has to have a decision in by four thirty p.m. Quick. No, <laughs> no, no, it's like, like first of all, that should be a red flag. Like, yeah, probably just don't take this job if they're not even giving you time to like you go home and talk to your wife to think about this i guess that's why he wasn't running things by his wife and he was just making big family announcements in front of the wife the family and the entire community about what they were going to do as next steps for their fucking where they were going to live things move quick at his business company 
Anyways, uh, I just like this. I think this was a highlight episode for Mr. Walsh. Yeah, he he delivered. He he delivered the um, stick that we are going to churn that fondue pot of drama. Yeah, teen absolutely. Drama. All the teens were the cheese. The dad was the stick. Uh, with that, I will say, once again, mm. buy yourself some Japanese denim and you won't regret it. We don't have a promo code for Japanese denim, but just tell them the VL pod sent you and they'll respect you. Japanese made podcaster approved. Love it. Let's just, I was just thinking about this. Should we give a Ryan Phillippe practice hero award for the entirety of Beverly Hills? 90210 to uh, one of the actors. Yeah. I would think in consideration set for our Ryan Phillippe practice hero award. And again, that's the award of the guy who doesn't get a lot of screen time, but when he is on, he is just doing way too much. It's easy to sum it up. We just talk about practice. We sitting here, we in here talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. We talking about practice, man. Practice? I mean, how silly is that? So, I think Mr. Walsh is in there. I would say... Definitely got to throw Kelly's mom into the mix. Oh, yeah. She she chews on some serious screen time. I think David Silver is also in the consideration set because I think in season one, if we're just doing it on season one, he has not made like the main billing for the entire cast like Brandon and everyone else. He's always just popping up. So I think he would be three. And then four, Amanda. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. So we've got Amanda the Potster. She came in one fucking episode and literally what about Steve, even though he's a main character. He's out of control. But Steve's getting PT. He's getting playing time. I mean, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can we I guess yeah, okay, we can throw Steve in because I guess you can be a practice hero and be a starter. Yeah. Those are the worst kind. Okay, so we've got Mr. Walsh. We've got Kelly's mom. We've got Amanda, who came in for one episode and literally made all the teens tell their deepest, darkest secrets. You've got B.A.G. Brian Austin Green, who is essentially just the pseudo-filming guy. Like He was just filming everything with Mm -hmm. a weird 1990s uh, Betamax video camera the entire time. And then fucking the only starter in this crew, Steve, who would you give the Ryan Phillippe Practice Hero Award? I gotta go Amanda. Yeah. I kind of agree because I to me it's between it's between Amanda and Kelly's mom. Because both of them only were in for one episode and they fucking were throwing haymakers in that one episode. Here's so the thing. Amanda the was actually so I now I'm thinking this through. Amanda, like, she did her job. Like, she got called upon to stir the pot and kind of be big, and she did that. Like, the fact that you mentioned the mom as, like, your second, let's consider her, I'm tempted because she doesn't really need to be there for any of this drama. I think I would go Amanda specifically because they left me wanting more. Like, she was a practice hero that came in as hot as Ryan Phillippe would. Mm -hmm. Guns blazing. But... Where she differentiated herself is like at the end of Kelly's mom episode, I was done. I was like 
done with Kelly's mom. I was yep. like, Kelly's mom, fuck out of my life. Yep, yep. At the end of the fucking Amanda episode, they fucking spelled out a bunch of diet pills. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, whoa, whoa. Apparently, there are a whole bunch of other issues going on with Amanda that I would love to have incorporated into my life. Also, another cherry on top of the sundae, she was smoking hot. And I also just wanted more of that. I feel like for that reason, let's give her an award. Yeah, fuck it. So, on the final BH90210 podcast, Mr. Walsh, you get the fucking Japanese denim MVP. And Amanda, the diet pill addicted crazy chick with raspy voice and hot curly hair and full luscious lips, you get the Ryan Phillippe Practice Hero Award. I feel good about where we're netting out. Kids, I hope you feel good about where we are netting out as well. And so, kids, tonight, I would tell you, you sleep tight. Sleep tight, kids. Get ready. We have a movie breakdown coming next. And as you're sleeping tight, getting ready for the movie breakdown, Pat, tell them what they need to do. Clear eyes, full hearts. Do less, kids. Do less. can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.